Welcome to the Mind Talk podcast with myself, Edwin, and we are back for a new season of Mind Talks. Today, we have a 400-meter hurdler who's competed for Panama. She's been to the last Olympics, so she was a finalist in the last Olympics, and her name is Gianna Woodruff. How are you doing, Gianna? Hello, Edwin. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm doing well, you know, another day. good, 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 good. (laughs) Thank you for coming on today. So um, I'd like to start off with most of my guests um, with the same question. So talk to us about your early days in sport. Um, Well, I feel like I have been doing sports since I could walk pretty much. (laughs) Um, I ran track, you know, but club track. So that's kind of like more youth club. Um, I grew up doing that since I was five. So we would do the little lollipop runs, doing, um, you know, little sub bantam, bantam um, ages. And then, but I wasn't solely running track. I did gymnastics growing up. I played soccer. My mom is from Panama. um, So she was born and raised in Panama. So she has a soccer and gymnastics background. And so naturally she put all her kids in sports. Um, So we were all pretty active growing up. I don't remember a weekend that we had off. I remember just every day we were just, you know, going to this practice, going to that practice, like and I'm originally from Los Angeles, okay. California. So being from South Central, it kind of is helpful for you to kind of keep yourself busy and, and you know, because you can get in the wrong crowds pretty easily. Um, so but my my parents, they they made sure that we were pretty active. Um, and I actually did gymnastics and soccer until I was about a freshman okay. in high school. And then I kind of realized, like, I was getting kind of tall and I really wasn't that good. in gym. I was OK in gymnastics. Um but my high school coach was like, you know, what do you what do you think about doing for college? Like, you need to do something and like you could do track to kind of help you pay for college because he was always all about, you know, being a student athlete first. And so we always made sure that our academics were in line. But he was like, how are you going to get to pay for school? So hence how I changed over to track and field about my freshman, sophomore year. Um, <clears throat> and I only started doing the 300 hurdles when I was only a junior in high school. So in in my first year, I made it to our state championship in California. And I was like, oh, wow, I finally found my niche, you know, finally found something that I was good at. Um, Because I was all over the place. I was running the 800, the four, the two. No, and dang well, I was not that good in those. But I was just, you know, just trying to figure out what what I was good at. And then I finally found an event that I could really like. He just told me just to run in between the hurdles. I said, okay, I think I could do that. And so, you know, here we are 10 plus years later, still running in between the hurdles. (laughs) It's it's an interesting story because I've spoken to some hurdlers in the past and a lot of them kind of had the same start start with hurdles in terms of they didn't find hurdles, hurdles found them. (laughs) Exactly. Yep, exactly. I was not looking for the hurdles because any hurdler that I always talked to, they were always like, oh, you're going to fall. And like, of course, I always fell at practice. Thank God it was only at practice too. And even to this day, you know, knock on wood, I still only been at practice, not at a track meet. Um, So, but no, they say you're not a true hurdler until you fall. (laughs) So I've had my numerous share of those for sure. (laughs) Before you actually moved into hurdles, was there an event that you thought, this is the one I want to do, but then... It didn't quite happen. Honestly, my heart is with the 200. The 200 meters is like, but every time I would try to run the 200, it was always right after the 300 hurdles or the 400 hurdles. So I could never like be able to give my all for the hurdles and then my all for the 200. Um, And honestly, like that's really my baby, but 
I would have to probably run like 20 seconds to in, in order to compete with some of these ladies in the 200. Yeah. <laughs> they are they are hauling some booty now. Um, <laughs> but honestly, the the 200 or 400 would definitely be my strength if I was not a hurdler. Okay. And then when you decided to to 100% focus on track, how supportive was your family, your friends at that stage? Um, Like, are you saying like from when I was in high school moving up? Yeah. You know, my dad has always been supportive of me. Um, and not that I'm saying my mom wasn't. I think my mom, because my older sister was in track and field. She went to UCLA okay. and, you know, she had this high career. And I was just kind of always like in her shadow. Okay. And so I think my mom, she kind of wanted me to find a different sport. Like she was, she would always tell me, oh, you'd be better at volleyball or like you, you'd be better at another sport. And I'm just like, dang, mom, like this is the, well, this is the sport that I'm in right now, you know, and I think it took. For me to kind of have more success after college, honestly, for um, my mom to kind of more so be on board. And even my dad, too. Like the fact that I have been able to have like a better made a career out of it, I think it helps them to feel more stable that like I'm okay, you know, and because initially they're like track and field, like we don't know about that. You know, are you sure you want to do that? Because my younger sister has a stable job. She's in the military, so okay. she is set. And then my older sister, married, has a kid. So, like, she's set, too. So they're like, what are we going to do with you? Yeah. But then I'm like, you know, I promise y'all I'm going to be fine. Just, you kind of have to grind a little bit in track and field. And then kind of when you are, like, not making it, but, like, when you can kind of, like, kind of come into who you are, which is kind of what I did these yeah. past, like, three years. Um, then, then I think they were able to like lower their shoulders a little yeah. bit and have more confidence in me. And I'm just like, you know, I knew that this was was coming, but you know, they just kind of had to see it for themselves. But I would say my my family, my parents, my friends have always supported me with everything that I've done, regardless if I'm going to be running track hmm. or working at Costco. Like, who who cares? Yeah. What whatever it is, my parents have like. They still follow and go to all the track meets, even yeah. if I'm in Europe, even if I'm in, they came to Doha with me when for okay. 2019 world. So my parents are the utmost supportiveness. And now I think it helps that I'm feeling better with where I'm at in track and field too. Yeah. So it helps them to feel confident too. Okay. And in turn, where, where do you think you found that inner belief to, to carry on like persevering? Because I've, like I, I can think about myself when I used to do track like if I felt element of doubt from people around me that would have an effect on me what do you think kept you going I think honestly the doubt in others kept me going mm. it's as crazy as as that sounds um but I feel like after college because I'd never made it to a major like NCAA final or anything like that before uh, before the Olympics, actually. That was my first major final that I had ever made in my life. Um, so I think, and kind of up to then, people were like, oh, you're still running track type of thing. And I was like, wow, like, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm gonna continue yeah. because I still want you to have that hate or that doubt or whatever it is. And I think honestly, that, that still fuels me to this day, even though like, I'm still, I still consider myself an underdog in the sport, even though like I'm still kind of like making my way up, but like people are always still surprised when, you know, like even my performance last year at the diamond league final, you know, I came second. So people are like, Oh my gosh. I was like, well, you know, it was, it was there, you know, but thank you. Cause that helped me get to where I needed to go. Um, but no, there were definitely moments where obviously you want to quit like every day, like practices are not easy at all. Like, especially my group, we are, 
over distance all the time. So it's really a mind game every day. And like, I literally just have to commit, like, if I'm going to do this, then this is exactly what, what I have to do in, in, in order. So I, I guess I would say the doubt kind of really helps motivate me. And <laughs> How how do you how did you get through training when you first started? Because I know that's quite daunting for anyone that um, starts doing track and field. Oh, it was. I would say because my training has it's changed over time too. From when I was in high school, I think my high school coach we kind of did things a little bit more. I would say a little bit more over distance, and then in college we definitely did not go over distance at all. I think the most we did was like a 500 and that was like maybe one time. Other than that, we would do breakdowns. And the group that I'm in right now with coach Boogie Johnson, this has been, this has tested my whole mental fortitude like since the first day. Cause like from the, I remember I first got to coach Johnson in the fall of 2016 and I will not ever forget that first workout that I had with him. Like, we're doing repeat 800s. We're doing a circuit in between. And I was literally dying. Like everyone was literally passing me. But I was like, you know what? This is actually what I need. You yeah. know, in, in the moment, I didn't think of that because it was so hard. And I was so like, what am I going to do? Like, because I had never done any of those workouts. Mm-hmm. I never pushed myself to even think that I could even train kind of how we train now. Because us as 400 hurdlers, we train like, or middle distance runners. Yeah. Um and so that's definitely not what I'm used to. I'm more of like a sprinter 400 hurdler, okay. but now I kind of have that sprinter and that endurance background. Um, so it was definitely an adjustment for sure. Like it's, and even from going from collegiate to professional is an adjustment too. Cause like no one's going to be there like hand and foot, like how yeah. you're in college to kind of tell you where to go. You kind of have to want that within yourself Mm -hmm. and obviously if you're a contracted athlete then you have to uphold those standards and requirements that are in your contract so that kind of forces you also to be on your a game a lot okay and then when it comes to how you interact with coaches do you is it the same for you as it was then or has it changed do you question some of the stuff a bit more like what what's changed if anything um i think Yes, I have questioned, but within reason though, because I still respect my coaches and I still like, <clears throat> I know I, I trust them like completely. Like, I think that's also been the difference for me is just completely buying in and trusting into what he has us doing. Um, but I do, I think there is a lot of room. Like we always question like, why are we doing this? But not in like a way where it's like, we're demeaning him or trying to make him kind of feel a way that we're questioning him but it's just like why are we doing whatever we're doing like what cycle are we in is this going to help us you know with this different phase that we're in right now like especially when it comes to lifting like why we do kind of like heavier lifts like kind of pretty much all the time yeah. um but he's just kind of just getting us ready to for what we have to do so um yeah i would say so for sure and has there been any point in your career when you have left the training group because you you don't agree with um, what's been there or is it just been a gradual progression? Um, I have never left Coach Johnson's group. I have been with him since uh, 2016, so we're coming on seven years now. Um, there obviously have been moments when I have been in the group and I've been like just kind of questioning it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I have progressed with him since the moment I was with him. So like, I really can't complain about much because I've always PR'd with him every year. Um, But there were certain workouts where I'll be like, man, like, is this actually tailored toward my growth or is it tailored towards somebody else's growth in the group? But like, in hindsight, it did help me out. Like, well, now that I'm like thinking back on it, it definitely did help me and push me because like, that can be my thing sometimes too. I'm like thinking so big of the workout and I need to like compartmentalize things. So I think that that kind of helps me when I'm thinking of an actual race as well to not think of it so, so big and just take it one hurdle at a time. Okay. And then when it comes to training and the dynamics between um, everyone in the group, um, there's there's some people that feed off people in the group. How How are you as an individual when it comes to that? Um, well, <laughs> it's funny. I'm always, our group has went from, we used to have four people in the group. Yeah. It was myself, Dalila, Brianna, <clears throat> another girl named Nina. And actually when Christy and Queen were in our group. So it was like four to six ladies in our group. Okay. And then literally right after that Olympic year, we had like 16, 18 <laughs> wow. people. So the dynamic definitely changed, but yeah. I took on the role of being like the OG of the group, me okay. and Dalila, because we were the ones who have been with him the longest. So we kind of know how things go. So everyone kind of always looked as looked to me as a leader, okay. which is interesting because the type of personality that I have, I'm always like in the background, but like everyone is always pretty cool with me. Cause I, I try to keep level, level everything out. Everyone, I'm cool with everybody, you know, and I'm always the liaison between coach Johnson and the athletes. And especially if, we're going to have new people coming into the group. He always like ask, ask G, ask Jonna what to do, you know, because yeah. I'm I'm always, I'm pretty people person, which is funny because I'm like, I like to be to myself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I will for the, for the greater good of the group. Mm. I definitely do that. Um, but I say the, the dynamic, I mean, we definitely have a lot of different personalities. Mm. Um, but I say I bring, I bring a chill like people chill everyone can talk to me i'm i'm a pretty good listener yeah. so i i try to just like calm everybody out especially if we need and especially if we need to like talk to coach johnson about things i'm always the one to be delegated to do that so i would say people probably trust me a lot <laughs> how 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 straightforward was it for you because as, as a professional athlete nutrition is very important like what you put in your body is going to impact your performance was was it straightforward for you at the beginning in terms of what you ate or has it been a gradual process um, during your career? Um, I would say that's something that it was gradual for me. I knew that I was never overweight, but I think for the purposes of what I was trying to do and some of the workouts that I, that it would have helped for me to be at a lower um, weight, it does help. Uh, a lot. And I can't even argue with that, especially when we're going over distance, it does help to be a lot, a lot less. And I didn't realize it until when I actually bought in a few years ago and I was like, okay, let me like actually get down and work on my weight. And it helped tremendously. Like that was a year I made it to the finals. So I was like, okay, when I actually take time and listen, because we have a nutritionist that we use as well. And I've been, we've been working with her for since I've been with coach Johnson as well too. And she knows him. So we can all work together, especially with the different phases and then cycles that we are with our training. Like if we need to go up a little bit more on the carbs or take out the carbs completely. Um, But it's definitely an adjustment for sure. Like you literally, cause you have to discipline yourself. Like you really like if snacking is your thing, you're going to have to put down the snacks. Like (laughs) 
You have to get the healthy or just drink water. Like that's gonna like, cause that's my thing. I just got to drink water. Cause I love to snack like the late night snacking. That is me. I love chocolate. So like, <laughs> but like it does help. And it's not the same as college. Like a lot of, a lot of women definitely feel like it's the same thing, but when you get that out of your head, then it makes, it makes it a lot easier, the, the whole process. But it's all an adjustment, honestly. <laughs> but I guess, I guess when you started to see the, the benefits um, in your race, and it, it probably even tunes you in even more, and you think, okay, this is, this is working. I got, I got to stick to this because I, if I don't, exactly. <laughs> I won't see the results. Exactly, exactly. And so that I'm like a true testament of like, it working <laughs> like as much as you may you may be hungry for a little bit or yeah. you know whatever the case is but like and it's also like you won't know until you try maybe yeah. it might not work but you won't know until you try to even like if, if your problem is losing weight or gaining weight or whatever yeah. it is like you have to try to do something different yeah. and then you see how that works and if it doesn't work then it's like okay i listen to you and that and now let's go back to the drawing board like what what do we do next now okay so I'm going to ask you a little bit about how you prepare for race days. So has that been the same since your junior days? Um, I mean, I definitely think it has changed. I do think a little bit more now. I, I, would, I wouldn't say I'm as free as I was when I was like growing up because I would just, we would hardly warm up and then we would go out there and run, you know, when you're like young in high school because you could do that in yeah. high school. Now it's like, I'm a little older. You're going to have to, you know, do a proper warm up. And I do, I do try, but I, I think, but I don't think that much, if that makes sense as well. Cause I, I do know myself. I do know that. And I've struggled with a lot of like, I wouldn't say anxiety, but like talking myself out of things when I know I'm capable, I'm more than capable of doing it. Yeah. Um, and so I, I do like to, I won't say journal, but I do like to write down my goals. I'm working on journaling a lot more. Okay. Um, but I guess I would say, yeah, my routine has definitely changed, but not, I think I just more of in like accepting of where I'm at and just being at a place of calm that like, regardless of whatever happens, I'm going to be okay. And that I'm not going to let this one race define, define who I am. Um, Cause that can happen a lot of times. You think one race is going to like, tear your whole, you know, tear your whole life apart. Yeah. And it's like, when I don't think of it as generalized and yeah. I just to kind of think of it like, okay, what did you work or what did you get better on maybe? Or yeah. what are you trying to work on? Just smaller things. Then I realized that, that that has helped me a lot. So was there a moment that made you start to have that mindset? Yeah, I would say before we had moved to Texas. So we're in Texas now. Um, so this was the year of COVID actually 2020 was when my coach was like, you know what? And I was kind of going through it, you know, in a relationship and just, so that honestly really kind of helped me, even though I was kind of, I was depressed and I was super low, yeah. but I was like, you know, I do not want to feel this low. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do everything that, that I have to do so that I can make the move to Texas so that I can be successful so that I can make this final so that I can potentially get, you know, work on getting a medal in, in these next years to come. Um, so I would say that that 2020 year was very pivotal for me. Um, just because, you know, we were kind of stuck in one place. And so I kind of was to my thoughts a little bit, but I think kind of going through what I was going through with in the relationship that definitely made everything very clear to me that like, I'm going to take what I'm doing seriously. Okay. 
And do, do you use a sports psych or ever used a sports psych in your career? No. And I was just talking to somebody about this. I wish I would have utilized it more when I was in college. Hmm. And, um, and I actually just got health insurance um, like a few months ago. So I'm going to, I've been working on trying to find somebody who's within my network. Cause I know that that will help a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm not really one for therapy because my last, my, my experience with therapy was not the best. Like I did a family therapy and I was, you know, really kind of messed up from that. But yeah. I do know when, like, and the one time I actually did, I was talking to somebody, um, but I wish it was more like sports related. Okay. Um, but I did know that it helped. Like I felt like so free. I felt a burden lifted off of me yeah. just cause like, I think it's helpful. Honestly, I'm an advocate for it now, even though like I, I've had my rough experiences, but I know that talking about things to a third, you know, just a third party, somebody who is like not biased. Yeah. I know that that will help a lot. So, but I really wish I would have utilized it more in college. Cause like I was going through it in college too. Like these guys out here, man, they crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, the, the thing is college, college is probably, it's probably a very pivotal moment in any, athlete's yeah. career and you can turn it around but it's yeah it, it makes it a lot easier when when you've got the right support um and right person to talk to at that point because it can it can save you a lot of time <laughs> it can save you a lot i i couldn't agree more with you <laughs> yeah. so i'm going to talk a little bit in, in terms of when it came to representing panama so was that a tough decision for you to decide what country you were going to represent because obviously you had the choice of two honestly no hmm. i had never i have never ran for Excuse me, I've never ran for USA, yeah. honestly, only besides like running at NCAA meet. And actually, my older sister's husband, he's Panamanian. So he was the one who was telling us because he was running for Panama. And we yeah. were like, we didn't even know that you could even do that. And so we were like, oh, wow. You know, like, obviously, my mom was like so 100 percent for it. And yeah. we had already had our dual citizenship from growing up. Okay. So it was actually an easy transition even though it did take me a year to get my dual citizenship, just because it's third world country yeah. and you have to prove that you're the, like my mom is my mom and that like, you know, all these other things yeah. and all were and the factors. Um, but I mean, I, I don't feel as torn as much as I did when I initially did it because I felt like people were, I always kind of felt like I got some backlash from even some Americans like, oh, you're taking the easy way out, you know, with not having a trials. And I'm like, I'm not taking the easy way out because my practices are, I'm at Olympic trials every day at my practice. Like I'm still getting the same hard work and I'm still training with Dalila Muhammad, yeah. one of the best. So it's just like, it's relative because yes, I don't have that like extra track meet to make the team, yeah. but I'm still feeling it either way. Um, but I haven't felt any backlash. Like that, that was only when I first started competing. Cause I was still kind of like unsure yeah. about it, but now I'm a hundred percent confident. I don't care what anybody's saying. Even Panamanians, they can feel what they want to feel sometimes about me not being fully Panamanian. Cause I wasn't born there and I don't know the language, like how they know the language, but I'm like, I'm still representing Panama, a third world country. I'm still doing it for all the little boys and girls out there. So, 100%. And they have supported me, even though they have some of those naysayers, mm. they have supported me like tremendously. So, yeah. To be honest, it, 
I don't think it mattered which one you represented. Someone's going to have something negative to say. That's just the world we live in. So. That's true. <laughs> and that's why I'm at peace with it already. I had made my peace years ago because, like, if I just keep letting these people, like, get on me, then I would have never made it to where I'm at now, honestly. So they could keep saying what they want to say. They ain't running on TV. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my, my next question is going to be around, in terms, around, um, sponsorship and funding so obviously as an athlete i know it's not like let's say the nfl or or, or what's it um soccer here i don't i know it's it's a bit different in terms of how you make your money how how was it for you um adapting to that environment where basically how you perform is is gonna have an impact on what you make basically yeah no it it was definitely different um and I think it progressively made it more serious for me too, as I, cause I, I just signed with Nike after the Olympic year. Yeah. So before that it was serious, but like I hadn't made a final, I wasn't like tied in with yeah. anybody. So it was like, and I still always wanted to do well, but now I think I've have to hold myself up to a different standard yeah. because I want to, cause actually this is my contract year as well too, with Nike. Okay. Um, so I would like to, you know, get a medal, run fast. Like I have smaller goals, well, yeah. small but bigger goals in my head. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so that they can actually also see that like, okay, this girl is worth all this money and that what I'm trying to do um, for her. So yeah, the, the pressures definitely go up, but I think I like that a little bit more because it keeps me like, have a goal every year every like every race like I'm trying to be better than who I who I was last race than who I was last year so I I don't kind of I don't see it in a bad way but it does it is scary because like if you don't have a good year yeah. then like you're not making any money either yeah. unless you know like I'll, only strictly off of your sponsorship like I get supported by my federation with Panama yeah. so like regardless of my performance i'm still gonna get paid so i'm blessed in that aspect but like i don't i don't care just about that like i, I just i still continue to want to like be my best self every day so i think that helps me go into training every day too on those days when i don't feel like it it's yeah. like oh no you have to 100 percent, 100 percent. so we're, we're going to talk a little bit about your first worlds how, how did it feel to to make the team be there and it was, it was a very different experience from your first one to your second one so talk to us a little bit about both so we'll, we'll start with the first one well I was so excited to be there and that was like the biggest stage that I had ever ran on honestly yeah. too um because that was obviously post I mean pre-COVID too so that yeah. was when and I think that was actually Usain Bolt's last year running his worlds. I think that was 2017 2017 yeah I think that yeah. was his last so that stadium was packed up I was so turned up just to even be there, honestly, because that year I had PR'd by like two seconds with Coach Johnson. So I was, my mind was like, wow, you know, what you're doing is actually working and I'm listening to you. So I was just, I was one of those athletes who was just happy to be there. Yeah. But I also made my first semifinal too. So I was really like, oh, wow, you know, like, okay, we can kind of do, we can do a little bit, a little yeah. bit more. But I think I was just so immature at that age, like, competitively immature like I didn't I didn't know what it was like to be with that big old crowd yeah. and just to have like the intensity level of like how my coach was acting how even my training partners were acting you know I didn't I was literally just like 
I don't know. I was just so happy to be there. And then, you know, come the following world championship in 2019, I did get better. And then I was like, okay, you know, honestly, I know I was still nervous, but I, I was a more accepting of where I was at. Um, and I still, again, only made the semifinal, but I I did better. So I was like, okay, you know, each time we're going to get better. And, you know, and then when, um, Olympics happened, I was literally like, I was over the moon. I was like, yo, I made the final and I PR to make it to the final. And then I kind of bombed the final because I was so excited to make it to the final. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I was just so excited. And so I think last year at, at, um, worlds and in Eugene was definitely like, I hesitated, but now I'm like, okay, I think each year I'm getting better at being able to manage it mentally and just, and being confident that like, I'm supposed to be here. Yeah. I didn't make this final for on accident, you know, for play play. This is for very real. Like I did this because I'm supposed to be here and I can compete with all of these ladies in this, in this final. Did it feel very different competing in front of no fans to having fans? Because obviously Tokyo, there was was no one. Oh yeah. But like, it was crazy. The intensity level was still there. Like, cause there, there's still, obviously there were still people in the stands, but like, I don't know why the intensity level was still there. I I think it's just naturally as track and field athletes, we have to find that intensity regardless if there are people in the stands or not. Um, But I definitely did feel a shift for sure from from Olympics to Worlds last year. Um, They both felt the same. I was still just as nervous. (laughs) (laughs) The nervousness was still there for me. When when you look at both of them, you mentioned the Olympics. You were you were nervous and you felt like you bombed. But when you analyze the performance of both, um, did you did you see what you achieved straight away, or did it take time? Because obviously we we saw we saw you won and we saw the time, so it could it can distract people in terms of their own performance. Did you yeah. did you see what you did straight away, or did it take time? You know. It it did no, it didn't happen straight away. Mm. I think just because of everything else that was going on too. And I just think with my expectations of myself mm. and like knowing all the hard work that I put into is also just like, man, you know, but I think that's just also naturally the athlete in yeah. all of us. We just always want to be better and do better, you yeah. know, like you're always analyzing what you could do more. But I think like it only probably took me a day to realize, okay, I'm okay. Like we're good. Like you did more than what most could even dream of doing, you know? Um, So it took, and it obviously took me to have conversations with some family and just people to kind of bring me, bring me back and reel me back in to be like, you accomplished a lot. Like don't beat yourself up on it. And I think that definitely helped me to go into, into worlds and, you know, each each time like and especially for this year i feel like i'm super charged up and filled up yeah. cuz like i feel like i can taste it like it's yeah. like every time you're in the final it's just is so like you get closer and closer and i'm just yeah. like one of these finals it's going to happen <laughs> it, is, it is it is you just got to keep on pushing it's going to happen just keep on pushing honestly yeah. so my my last question before we close so if you could describe yourself in terms of your strengths mindset wise what three words would you use to describe yourself hmm three words to describe my my mentals my I would say hmm I would say I'm pretty passionate yeah honestly if if I could use that word to describe 
my my mental because like however however I'm feeling it's gonna I'm gonna feel whatever that is if it's sad I'm gonna feel passionately sad or if I'm gonna if I'm happy I'm gonna feel passionately happy um I would say hmm another word to describe it it's ever evolving I feel like I'm only you know I'm I'm not who I was even last week, I think mentally too. So, and honestly, from last year to this year, a whole different shift has happened too, because my expectations have changed from last year to this year. Um, So passionate, ever evolving. And I guess I would also say patient (laughs) because like there's some races where I'll feel like so great and my mind, my headspace will will be good. And then like, I'll have that one race where it's not even my race, but I'm feeling so mad about it. And I'm yeah. just like wanting to beat myself up about. And people are always like, you have to have, you have to have patience. Like you have to be okay in whatever space that you're in. And it's okay to feel how you feel. Yeah. Um, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully those three, <laughs> I don't think so, but. <laughs> no, 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 no. It answers the question. It's all about you. It's all about you. So if it describes you, that's yeah. all that really matters. No. But Gianna, this has been a fantastic episode. Thank you for coming on. I really enjoyed this. Um, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. No, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> good, good. good.